0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, welcome to everyone joining us online as well. I want to let you know online, we have a guest lounge for you as well. And if you're here for the first time, maybe you just want to connect, we'd love to see you. love to connect with you. And our guest lounge will be a link in the chat. You can jump on and join with us. Well, everyone, Small Groups is launching again. Uh, for, I don't even know what term it is, it could be the third, is it the third term? It's the third term. Uh, and if you have not yet joined a small group, I, I really want to encourage you, uh, life is not meant to be done alone. And you know, in a, in, a, in a church this size, I know that there's so many people, it's so easy for us to come in and come out and, and not really connect, uh, not really do life together, not really uh, engage meaningfully in relationship with others. And I want to challenge you to do that. Uh, Head on uh, after this, head on to the market, go check it out in the cafe space and find a group that suits you. There's a number of groups that that meet over different evenings and different days and different times around different kind of interests, and I I know there'll be a group for you. So go out, explore, and, and get involved, get involved in the life of the church. Sundays are great, Sundays are awesome, but they're not enough. We really need to be doing life together in community with others. Cool? Sign on up. Well, I want to share the, the fourth part of our series called A Little Bit of Wisdom. How many know that we need a little bit of wisdom? Uh, some of us need a whole lot of wisdom. Uh, and uh, so I've already been enjoying the series and, uh, and diving into the book of Proverbs. So much, so much gold, so much wisdom uh, in that book. And um, I want to share a message today. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever had the situation, we, we always have the situation in the car, uh, my son, it doesn't matter if we're going to the supermarket, if we're going to school, or if we're going to holiday, he always asks the same sort of question, like how far, how long, are we nearly there yet, and it goes on and on, are we there yet, are we, uh, anybody have this situation, and uh, so he, he's asking the question constantly, all the time, Uh, And sometimes when I've got the the destination up on the maps, he'll just have a look at that and see what time it is. And so that kind of helps and and solves the the situation. Um, And recently, I decided I would uh, take it upon myself as his father to educate him about what it was like back in my day. Have you ever been there? I try to explain to him that when I was growing up, we didn't have screens in the car right? There was no screens, there was no phones with directions, any kind of that, that, that kind of thing. We used to have a thing called a map book. Anybody remember a map book? It was a book full of maps and, and what you would do if you were trying to find a place, you first needed to know what the street was called, then you would look up the street in the back of the map book and it would give you some letters and numbers. Then you would go to the corresponding page and find the right square where your street was located. It was like, where's Wally for your map? Once you found the street, that was the easy part, it didn't actually plan the route out for you. You had to do that yourself. Can you believe it? We, and and, and, and that, that wasn't the worst part. You planned the route out, and, and the worst part was when you were driving, and you had a really poor co-navigator, uh, and, and, then you, and then you got to the end of the page, and you hadn't got there yet, so you had to frantically flip to find the right page, because it was never the next page, was it? And the motorway exit was coming up real quick, and you had to find out it was, I don't know how we survived, to be honest. <laughs> it's like the Wild West. And then all of a sudden, this magical device came about, where there was this little screen and this little voice that would guide you and give you the directions, in a really calm and clear voice. The global positioning system, the GPS, Like amazing! That was just kind of game changer. Now we just pull out our phone and say, "Hey Siri, how long is it going to take to get to Kmart?" And like, it's just how times have changed. I don't. Do you know that your smartphone, maybe the phone you have in your hand or your pocket? I don't know about Androids, but I definitely know for iPhones, there's at least 50 different devices that have been replaced. Do you know this? The MP3 player, radio, camera, calculator, spirit level, map book, email, flashlight. Landline landline phone, okay? So for those of you that don't know, back in the day, I, our phones had to be plugged into the wall for them to work, okay? Not to charge them, just to get them to work. Uh, it was one of the things, scanners, Game Boys, bank cards, watch, clock, books, calendar, newspaper, all these things, I'm, I'm not gonna name all 50. Some of you thought I was gonna go all 50. But there's so many things that your simple phone that you carry every day has replaced. Life has changed so much, but you know the sad part of all this is never have we had more yet enjoyed less. Never have we had more but yet enjoyed less. It seems like contentment and joy is just so hard to find, right? Contentment and joy is so hard to find and we got all this stuff at our fingertips, but yet we're still not content. Why is that? There's a verse that I want to jump into, into Proverbs, which I I think might shed a little bit of wisdom on this topic. Here it is. In in Proverbs chapter 14, verses 30, it says this in the New Living Translation. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer in the bones. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer in the bones. You see, the, the enemy of contentment is comparison. The enemy, I believe, of contentment is comparison. Uh, comparison is, 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 is constantly at odds with contentment. And I think we, we can never be truly content if we're constantly comparing, if we're constantly looking around and, and seeing what everyone else has that we don't have and we're constantly comparing. And compar- c- comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thing that steals our joy. And w- while we have so much... And we have, you know, we've got unparalleled access, not only to stuff, but, but in terms of seeing what everybody else is doing, yeah. right? Yeah. We have unparalleled, uh, unparalleled access to everybody else's life, or at least the life that they want us to see, yeah. at least the part of their life that they choose to show us. And, and we live in a, in a culture, right, of comparison, where our successes and our failures are constantly being measured by everybody else's. Right, we're constantly measuring our successes and our failures in and, and line with everybody else's that we constantly see on social media. Another translation says it like this. In Proverbs 14 verse 30 in the New, New, um, New International Version, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. There's a few problems that I see with comparison that, that I'd love to share with you today. There's three things that I think that when we look at comparison is some of the issues with it. And the first issue that I think with, the first problem with comparison is that it makes life about the wrong perspective. It makes life about the wrong perspective. You see, perspective is a powerful tool. Perspective looks at a glass of water that's at 50% capacity and decides whether that glass is half empty or it's half full. You see, seeing something is important, but the way that you interpret what you see is even more important. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You with me? Seeing, seeing something is one half of it, but actually interpreting or understanding what you see is yeah. a whole nother matter. Yeah. You see, comparison says that what you have is not good enough, right. Yeah. right? Comparison looks at what we have in comparison to others, and it says what we have is not good enough. We've all been there, right? We've all been there, scrolling on Facebook or social media, and you've just been on holiday, and you had a great holiday, and then you look at somebody else's holiday in Queenstown, because because where else do you go nowadays? Maybe Rarotonga, but you look at you look at their holiday in Queenstown, and suddenly your holiday is not quite good enough, right? You look at somebody else's new, you know new car that you just got a new car and you're very proud of it, and then you look at somebody else's new car, and it's Quite a bit different to yours, right? You, you look at somebody else's perfectly staged house and their perfectly posed children. Like, I don't know if you've ever got children. Like, I get my, I, I say, hey, hey, kids, smile. They're like, like, what, what is that? Like, no, just, just smile, no, smile normally. <laughs> like, come on, man. You know, you know, like maybe you, you saved up. You know, you've been working your part-time job and you saved up for years to buy your first car and you're very proud of your little Honda Civic that you just bought, right? And then you look over and your parents, your friend's parents have just bought them a brand new BMW, right? Suddenly your Honda Civic that you were so proud of, that you're so happy with, is suddenly no longer good enough, right? Because when we compare, it always kind of seems to fall short. Suddenly something you were so proud of and something that you worked so hard to achieve suddenly doesn't seem to measure up anymore, right? It doesn't seem good enough. You see what what comparison does? Comparison shifts the focus from what you have to what you don't have. It makes us focus not on what we have and what God has given us and what we've been blessed with, but rather it makes us focus on all the things that we don't have, all the things that we have that's that's not enough. And I think if the problem is perspective then the solution to is perspective. We're going to see things differently. We're going to look at things differently. We're going to look and see something else. You see, when you looked at that perfectly, that perfect Instagram photo that you you see online, do you simply just see a a perfect photo? Or do you see the 50 photos they took before they didn't use? Do you see the 30 minutes they spent editing the photo and sending it through different apps to make it look really good? Do you see the 40 minutes they took to write the perfect caption? How many know captions take forever? I don't know why they do. A- imagine we actually captured photos with like, captioned photos with reality, with like what's actually going on. or like, oh, great day at home with the kids. If you get ca- like, that's what it's captioned. But me caption like, oh, they just try to kill each other and they made a mess and, and they've been in timeout for 40 minutes of the last third. Like, you know, imagine we caption reality. But what do we see, right? We look at the perfect photo and we see a perfect photo. But really, I think that the reality that we see is not reality at all. Right. Right. I think it's kind of just a mirage. It's not really real. The, the life that we're comparing to is not a real life at all. Right. It's the life that people want to show us. I love what Paul says. He says, I'm not, in, in Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13, he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, and I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. I think the solution is for us to realize what we have. The solution is to realize what we have. The solution is to make a decision to be content with what we have, to be okay with what we have. You see, we can either choose to focus on all the things that we don't have, or we can choose to focus on all the things that we do have. We can choose to make a list of all the things that we have that we can be thankful for. We can choose to make a list of all the things that God has blessed us with and everything that he's given us, rather than to focus on what we don't have. We need to change the narrative, right? Right? We need to change our self-talk. We need to change our focus from what we don't have to what we do have. The second thing that I think comparison makes life about is comparison makes life about the wrong presumption. You see, I, I believe that comparison operates under the assumption that if I had this, I would be happy, right? Comparison says, if only I had that then I'd be happy. It presumes that that happiness is simply one promotion away, right? Uh, Happiness is simply one thing away. Happiness is simply one click away or one new phone away or one new relationship away or one new promotion away. Happiness is only gonna happen when, right? Comparison makes the assumption that only if we could have that one thing that we'd, be ch- we'd been chasing, then we'd be happy. You know the problem with this assumption? is that The problem with this is it's a moving target, right? How many know that once you get that one thing that you'd been hoping for, suddenly there's another thing, right? That only if I, oh, only if I have this one thing. You get to that thing, oh, only if I had this. You know, the, the new iPhone is only amazing until they announce the new one, right? Oh, yeah, I think my phone's starting to go a bit slow, right? You know, the, oh, battery life. Oh, I've only got two cameras. I really feel like I need three. Like, what do you need three cameras on the back of your phone for? Like, honestly. See, see it operates on the assumption that only if we had that one thing that we're happy. But how many know that once we get that thing that we're not really happy? It's like we've got this insatiable want for more stuff. It's this insatiable desire that kind of is never satisfied until we have the next thing. You know what the solution is? I think the solution is that we make God our source. Yeah. The solution is that we make God our source. Because how many know the, the truth about our discontentment is that it's not really about stuff? Yeah. I think the truth about our discontentment is that we've all got this kind of gap this kind of hole, this kind of void that we constantly try to fill with stuff. But the more we try and fill it with stuff, it's like the more the hole seems to be there. It's like the hole seems to get bigger because I think really that hole was really designed for a relationship with God. That any actually true fulfillment and true contentment comes through a relationship with God. He's the one that brings fulfillment. He's the one that gives us peace. He's the one that fills us. And only a connection with God can fulfill it. We need to make God our source. You know, prayer is not something that's passive. Actually, prayer is something that's powerful. In fact, Paul says in, 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 in several of his books that, that actually, that when we submit ourselves to God, that he can give us a peace, a peace that s- surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? It means that we can be in hard situations. We can be in trouble. We can be in tough situations, yet we can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. We need to make God our source. The third thing that I think the problem with comparison, the third thing I think is that comparison makes life about the wrong person. Comparison makes life about the wrong person. Comparison keeps us distracted, it keeps us preoccupied with what everybody else is doing, right? Comparison keeps us focused on everybody else. It, it constantly keeps us following what everybody else is doing on social media, what everyone else has and how they're doing. I don't know if you've ever, probably none of you guys have ever been offended, um, but <laughs> hypothetically, okay, imagine that you, you were offended, right? I don't know if, you've, you know if you could hypothetically imagine that you were offended. Sometimes when you're offended, you find yourself focused on somebody else, right? Yeah. You find yourself scrolling and watching what they're doing, scrolling and seeing how good their life is, scrolling to see how happy they are, or, or maybe you, you've, you've, um, you've had a, a breakup and the result of a relationship that's gone bad, and now you find yourself watching their life. You find yourself being glued to their life, trying to figure out how happy they are in comparison to how happy you are, or how sad you are, right? You're so focused on what's going on in their life. You see, comparison will make life about the wrong person. It makes us so focused on what everybody else has, rather than what God has given us. How many know that in just kind of a moment, right, you can be maybe hanging out with a group of friends or some people or your family and just in one moment you might read a text or receive a phone call or see an email or see a status update and automatically right away you're taken from where you are and you're constantly, and, and you you're suddenly focused completely on something else. You've suddenly gone from being present to being so fixated on something else, focused on something else, trying to solve that problem. You know what this, I think the solution is? I think the solution is that we live life on mission, that we live life on mission. This is what Paul says, Not, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to live focused on mission, on the mission that God has given us. I don't believe that calling is reserved for a certain group of people or or pastors in a church. I think all of us are called. All of us have got a mission that God has given us. All of us have got gifts and talents and uh, personality that God has wired in order for us to make a difference in our world. That's what living on mission is. And when we live on mission, we're not focused on everybody else. We're focused on Jesus. Why? Because he is showing us what the mission is. You with me? And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know what your mission is. I've got a great course for you. It's called Growth GrowTrack. Over three weeks. We'll help you discover the way that God has wired you the way that God has made you and, and help you figure out the mission that God has given you. And the good news is, is starting next week. You can somebody pull out your kinetic card, you can tick Grow track, and uh, we'd love to. No, but seriously, we, we believe every single person has got something they're good at, right? Nobody is left behind. Everybody has got a way that God's wired you and made you to make a difference. And if you don't know what that is, then we'd love to help you discover what that is. We'd love to help you find out what that next step is. We've got to live life on mission. I'm going to invite the band up as I begin to close. I, I want to tell you about another thing from the olden days, right? Back in the day, on a on a, on a Friday night, you would go to something called the DVD store. You been there? Video Easy, Blockbuster, some of like that, and then you, you would you would scan through you you would scan through all the aisles trying to find the best movie and you'd get sucked into buying all the overpriced popcorn and lollies and all that kind of stuff at the front counter. The problem is that, that there used to be this section called the New Release section, right? All the good movies were there. And that'd make you pay something ridiculous, like eight bucks or something. I don't know. Anyways, you go to the new release section and you see the DVD cover, but it didn't really matter what the DVD cover was but because behind that was all the DVDs that you could actually rent, right? You'd get there only to find that all the DVDs were out. You know, like, and, and then you'd go home and you'd, you'd pop it in your DVD and you'd, and you'd watch it in like 360p or something. I don't even know what that is. I'm complaining now when I go on Netflix and it's not in 4K, you know, like I need 4K. Full HD isn't really full. There's a fuller HD. It's 4K. And and then the problem was you you had to you had to take the DVD out. Steve doesn't even know what I'm talking about. He isn't. (laughs) You you, you, you had to take the DVD out, and then you had to get it back the next morning at a certain time. Otherwise, you know what would happen, right? Next time you got to the DVD store, they'd ask you this really convicting question. You get to You choose your dvds and you'd bring them to the account and they they say something like to the effect of you've got eight dollars outstanding would you like to pay that now it was a really awkward question and so you said nah i'll leave it for someone else in my family to pay it because you know because the account was connected to your landline number you know and so you'd give your landline number and you'd make your mum pay all the fees the fine fees i know smart now you just go on Netflix and you scroll for ages and you can't find anything. But in the, in the real olden days, like before then, you, you'd go to the videotape store, right? Yeah, some of you guys are with me today. And you'd go get your videotape out, right? And then you'd pop it into your VCR, hmm? You with me? You guys are remembering the situation? You pop it into your VCR. But the problem was sometimes you'd pop the, 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 the movie into your VCR and you'd find the person before you hadn't rewound the tape. And, and what you'd be stuck doing is you'd be stuck watching somebody else's movie where they were at. And you'd have to kind of close your eyes and push rewind so you didn't miss all the good parts. You did miss all the good parts. You know, you know the thing, I, I was kind of thinking about that and, I kind of got the feeling that there were some people here today that were in that situation that were stuck watching somebody else's movie. You're stuck watching somebody else's movie. Your life is so stuck watching what everybody else is doing that you haven't realized that actually God has directed a movie for you. That actually God has got plans and purposes and a life that he's designed for you, but you're so stuck watching somebody else's movie. Maybe it's a hurt or something that's happened in the past and you kind of just got yourself stuck. That you're you're still so stuck on that offense or that hurt or that person that hurt you that you can't move your eyes to the movie that God has scripted and directed for you. And I'd love to pray for you this morning. And I just get the sense that God wants to bring some healing, that God wants to bring a shift, that God wants to change the narrative, the movie that you've been watching. And I'd love to just ask, invite everyone to close their eyes. And I'd love to pray for you. Maybe, maybe I could just get a show of hands this morning. If, if that's you, if you've been stuck watching somebody else's movie, I'd love for you to just pop your hand up and I'd love to pray for you. Awesome. We awesome. I see the hand in the back. Awesome. Let me pray for you, God. I, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you've made each of us, God. God, that you've designed us, that you've planned us, that you thought us out, God, that even before we were born, God, our, our life story has been written before you. And so I just pray for those people this morning, God, that have got stuck, God. That is stuck, God, watching somebody else's movie. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you'd come and you'd bring healing. And even now, God, I, I thank you that right now, God, you're beginning to rewrite that movie. God, even in their mind's eye right now, God, they can see something different. God, you, you're starting to show them pictures of the life that you've created for them, God the gifts that you've given them. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to them, God? Would you come and rewrite that story? God, would you begin to bring healing and reveal to them, God, the way that you've made them? God, those, those hurts, those offenses, God, those things that have happened, God, would you bring healing? God, would you, would you erase that? God, would you rewind that tape, God, and allow them to start afresh, God, today? Would you give them a clean slate? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're working. I thank you that you're moving. And maybe you're here this morning, and I'd love to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you've never started a journey with Jesus. Maybe you've never invited Him to your life. Maybe this is all new to you, and I want to let you know that God loves you, that He's got a plan for you, that He made you, that He designed you. But there's this problem called sin. Our mistakes, our mess-ups, our go in our own way. It's what separates us from God. But the good news is that Jesus came. Being God, He came to earth in the form of a man and he sacrificed his life. He gave his life willingly to, to die on a cross to be the sacrifice for your sin and for my sin. And the good news is that if we accept that sacrifice and we choose to turn from the way we're living, if we choose to repent and turn towards him, that it'll give us new life, not only here on earth. We can have a relation with God, but we'll spend eternity with him in heaven. And it's as simple as inviting him to come and forgive your sin and and following him. and If that's you this morning, I want to pray a really simple prayer. I want to invite you to pray it with me. Say these words. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you make me new? I believe that you died and rose again for me. And today I choose to repent of my sin and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. And if that's you this morning, you prayed that prayer, inviting Jesus into your life. I'd love to pray for you, but I want to know who I'm praying for. And so I'm going to ask you to take one more step of faith. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to pop your hand up nice and high so I can see it. And once I see it, I'll acknowledge your hand and and you can put it back down and I'll pray for you. Here we go. Nice and brave. One, two, three. Hands going up now. Awesome. I see their hand in front of me. Anybody else saying awesome? Thank you. Anybody else saying yes to Jesus this morning? Awesome. In front of me, I see your hand. Thank you. Amazing. God, I thank you, God, for those people today that have said yes to you. I thank you that the Bible says that whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. God, I pray your blessing on them. I pray your hand on them. God, would you reveal yourself to them in a real way? As they read the Bible, God, would it come alive to them? God, would you bless them? Would you have your hand on them? In Jesus' name we pray. Should we put our hands together and celebrate all those people this morning. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.